I'm here at the Game Developers Conference online in Austin, Texas, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? My name is David Sushal. I uh, am the owner of a small independent game studio called Bad Pilcrow, and we have a game called Vanessa St. Pierre Delacroix and Her Nightmare, which has been selected as a finalist in IndiePub's Game Developers Contest. So, what inspired the, the game idea? You know, it's kind of funny. I, uh, this is the first time it's ever happened to me, but I actually woke up one morning with the name of the game and the concept fully formed in my head. Okay. And I've, I've been developing games for a long time, and that's the first time that's ever happened. So uh, that day, actually, I, I decided to cancel all my other projects that I was working on and, and threw myself into putting together a, a prototype. And after about four weeks, uh, it, it seemed as though the mechanic was fun enough and the game could be marketable enough that I, I decided to go ahead and throw my full weight behind it. And six months later, here we are, and we've been recognized by IndiePub, and we're, we're very pleased. Okay. And when you say that you woke up and you had this idea formulated in your mind, can you can you talk about that um, that moment? Was it just so clear? Or was it? <laughs> it was very strange. I, I, I'm guessing I was probably dreaming about it, or, or okay. must have been thinking about it in and out of sleep, I guess. But yeah, my first thought was Vanessa St. Pierre Delacroix and her nightmare, and what kind of a game that might be. <laughs> and you said you spent four weeks prototyping it. Can you talk about... Um, when did you decide that it, it could be fun? What were some of the issues that you had when you initially prototyped it, and, and what popped up? I knew initially that I, uh, it was going to be a two-dimensional platformer game mapped to a 3D cube, and I had never, you know, I, I still am not aware of any games that have done yeah. precisely what we're doing, so it, it seemed unique and novel enough, and that really is part of the kind of indie spirit that we're trying to, uh, trying to gel with, really, with our company. So uh, after about four weeks, you know, once we had the rotation mechanic on the cube and, and we could navigate Vanessa from face to face on the cube, uh, it, we knew that we had developed something that was kind of special and wanted to make sure we did the best job we could with it. Um, were you playtesting during the prototype phase, or did you save that for after uh, when it was more polished? I, I'm a firm believer in always playtesting your games, that programmers should be the first line of defense when it comes to making sure that a game is fun and that it's bug-free and that there are no, uh, no instances within the game that will cause people to rage quit or break their controller in half, you know, so it's, it's definitely an iterative process of trying to figure out what works as, as early as possible. Okay. And so, you know, at the booth, it, it's kind of like you have something where it's like Rubik's Cube meets um, puzzle. Can you explain that? Yeah, with the easiest way to really describe the game is it's kind of like Mario meets Rubik's Cube. So we've got kind of standard platform mechanics like moving blocks uh, and avoiding spikes and, and, you know, enemies and things like that. But it's mapped to this three-dimensional volume. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're on the front of the cube and uh, you look up and you see on the top of the cube there's an exit and you can't get there, well, that means you could go down. You could drop through the bottom of the cube and eventually if you fall down enough, you'll arrive up above. Yeah. So it's uh, what we kind of jokingly refer to as cube physics. Okay. And um, once you decided to go through with the game, what, what were some of the other challenges that you faced as you were working on completing the game? Well, there were definitely some technical challenges in putting together the, the cube where the game takes place. Yeah. But um, really... The level design, I think, was the most problematic because normally when you design levels, uh, the critical path is is pretty clear and it's it's you know mapped out to a two-dimensional plane or within a three-dimensional world. Uh, but in this case, with a, a cube that you can rotate individual faces and and uh, navigate from face to face, the, the critical path very quickly becomes incredibly complicated. And so sometimes we're just kind of uh, you know throwing things into the game to see what works and what doesn't, and it became kind of a process of trial and error. Yeah. Did you? Um, I mean, did you then get a sense of intuition about how you have to design good puzzles for this design space? Um, I actually have some training in usability from my, my graduate studies, and so that kind of played a large part in trying to figure out the difficulty curve and what what players are expecting, you know. 
And, um, you know, your game is really polished in, sen in the sense of, um, you know, it's very clear about what you need to do, what keys you need to do. The thing is, though, you do require keys. Is there any reason why you didn't try to just stick purely to the mouse versus actually having people um, use keys and arrow keys and stuff like that? Well, first of all, I appreciate the compliment about the, uh, the usability. That really means yeah. a lot. But uh, um, I... Part of my design philosophy is trying to simplify games as much as possible. I, I, I can't stand uh, these AAA titles that require you know 12 button presses to, to get your character to do everything within the game. I, to me, it's just overkill. Uh, so uh, very early on, it was like, okay, uh, what's the least number of buttons that we can use in order to make this game fun? In fact, we even cut out some features. Uh, early on, you could rotate the cube using uh, like the right thumbstick on your, your Xbox controller yeah. um, to see what was behind it. But what we found was gamers were getting hung up on trying to solve the puzzle without actually moving the character okay. and we, we decided you know they're getting frustrated so let's cut it so there's a feature that we had that was in place got rid of it to make the game more fun and more simple and it worked and um, what are like where do you see this game going are you going to release it for the web is it going to be for Xbox or what you know, the, the original plan was to develop the game for the PC, and we're, we're just about done with that. I'm missing just a few small assets, but uh, I expect by the end of the month we'll have that wrapped up. And then uh, initially we were going to port it to Xbox Live Indie Games and release it there. However, now that we've been recognized by IndiePub and we're here at, at GDC, uh, you know, that may change a little bit. We've had some people come up and talk to us and say, you know, we're, we're kind of interested maybe in pursuing this game or distributing it. So we're going to kind of listen to what, what they want, and, uh, and then we may, may adapt our plans accordingly. Yeah, so what's next in store then for your studio? Um, is it going to be just finishing up this game? Are you going to work on another game? Are you going to work on puzzles? Or is there another genre you want to do? I'm one of those games as art nerds. You know, people, some people see games as business. Some people see, see games as art. And I'm definitely a games as art in the games as art category. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're going to finish up Vanessa. But at the same time, I'm doing a lot of sketches. That's the way I like to think about it. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're going to do a painting, you do a lot of research. You take, you do, you take photographs, make sketches. And so I've got three or four sketches kind of that I'm working on right now, and maybe one of those will end up becoming the next big painting that we do. Yeah, um, can you talk about your design process some more? And um, <clears throat> it seems a little different than how most other people would perceive their uh, game design. Uh, yeah, what's your process? Um, you know, it's, I kind of split my time back and forth between being uh, a very reclusive uh, sort of individual uh, designer and then uh, working collaboratively. And so what I like to do is in the initial stages, I, I very much take control of the entire process and, and try to just own the game as much as I can and then open it up to a handful of very trusted collaborators that I've, I've worked with on a number of projects. And uh, then, you know, it, it tends to kind of evolve from there. We get more feedback and they've got a great mind for design and great ideas as well. And, and so it, it goes from being just this you know one man's crackpot idea yeah. to suddenly a group of crazy people designing a game and that works out well for us okay. and you know for sketching is it what what is the equivalent of you know say sketching a painting i mean are you when you're doing research for a project is it just playing other games is it researching that theme is it i mean what what is that uh, oddly or is enough, it just a lot of prototypes? You know, I, I really don't play a whole lot of games. I, I, that maybe sounds awful, but I, I, I'm very busy in my full-time job teaching at DeVry University, and, and so I don't have a lot of free time to, to play games, but I do make games constantly, every free moment that I have. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll start a project, I'll get two or three weeks into it, and it just turns out, you know what, I'm not engaged in it, it's not as fun as I thought it was going to be, and, and you set it aside, but uh, but you learn from it. Every time you, you work on these little sketches, as I call them, yeah. you know, you're refining your, your design aesthetic, and uh, every once in a while then you, you hit on an idea that works, and you know, again, here we are at, at GDC with being recognized for our idea. 
do you once you put a sketch down do you just come back to it maybe a year or two later or how does that that's happened occasionally. I have some ideas that, man, I'd really like to work on, but I don't quite have the right team or don't have the right budget. Um, so, uh, yeah, you kind of go back and forth, and when the time's right, an idea will, will be developed. And what suggestions do you have for other smaller game developers or experimental game developers that you know do want to focus on games as art or, or being more innovative? Um, I think it's just partly being open-minded. You know, um, there are really excellent AAA titles out there, and uh, you know, in mainstream games, and that's that's all well and good. But I think if you want to be indie and you want to be more into the experimental games, um, you know, you should maybe like turn off the console every once in a while and, and just figure out what's important to you in terms of gaming and, and just follow your own instincts. And where do you see gaming going then in the next five or ten years? Um, you know, you said you teach at DeVry. Um, you know, maybe it's teaching game design or something else like that. So. You know, games is art. Where, where do you feel games are going? What's the potential? I think games are going to get smaller, uh, more portable, and more intimate. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at massively multiplayer online games and, and something like World of Warcraft and how many millions of users you have on there, it's a very impersonal experience. Even though it is, it's a social game, it's very impersonal. So I think what you're going to see is games scale back. Uh, you're going to see them more on mobile devices. Uh, there'll be smaller, more manageable teams. And um, they'll be more intimate in the sense that you'll maybe interact with just a few people instead of thousands or hundreds. Or maybe this is just, you know, wishful thinking on my part and I'm completely off base. Maybe that's an ideal world, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you looking into mobile games, um, is that a design space that you find compelling or interesting, or are you still focused ma mainly on, say, the puzzle space or online or desktop PC space? I'm really open to anything, but I, uh, very recently I've been uh, curious about developing for mobile games, uh, Android, um, maybe iPhone, I don't know. Okay. And where can people find out more information about your game and check it out? Sure. Uh, you can visit our, our website. It's www.badpilcrow.com. That's B-A-D-P-I-L-C-R-O-W.com. Thank you very much.